Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Hello, everyone. My name is Ellie Holcomb, and as I'm sure you're realizing, I am definitely not the regular host of the Jesus Storybook Bible podcast, the one and only Sally Lloyd-Jones. Sally is a dear, beloved friend of mine, and because we're celebrating a very special occasion today, she asked if I'd take over as guest host. So very happy to be with you here in this really wonderful space. If you're not familiar with who I am, I've been a singer and songwriter and author for many, many years, and I know firsthand what the power of reading and memorizing scripture can do in your life. I first formed a relationship with Jesus when I was a child, and now I get to share my faith, not just through my music, but also with my precious children, Emmy Lou, Huck, and Rivers. And tools like the Jesus Storybook Bible have helped me to do that in a really impactful and meaningful way. Isn't it so beautiful to learn and to rest in the knowledge that we are all part of God's story? I was actually a guest on this show early on in 2021, where I opened up about how I learned to combat this idea that we have to be perfect in order to receive God's love. It was something I struggled with for a long time, even though I knew God's love was unconditional, and I'm really blessed to have seen where He meets us in our broken places and gives us hope each and every day. If you haven't already, give that episode a listen. I hope it's as encouraging for you as it was for me to be a part of it. The Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast exists to be a place where guests can share how grace, hope, and love have shown up in their lives. Today, we get the honor of celebrating the podcast's 100th episode. I can hardly believe it's already here. We've gotten to listen at the feet of people from all walks of life, actors, singers, chefs, authors, politicians, creators, pastors, artists, parents, nonprofit leaders, you name it. We've gotten to hear how each of them have been impacted by grace, what gives them hope to keep going through difficult times, and how love might have changed the trajectory of their lives. It's been so beautiful to see how these conversations have started eroding any barriers that might keep us from experiencing the life-transforming power of God's great love for us. Seeing the impact of the show just in its first 100 episodes gives me so much hope for what God is going to continue doing in His kingdom. Jen in Minneapolis says, Dear Sally, I look forward to listening to this podcast each week. Every testimony is so different and so encouraging. Thank you for creating this space for people to share how our amazing God has and is transforming their life with his never stopping, never giving up, always and forever love. Another listener says, this podcast is a gift to me and any who will take time to listen. I've been encouraged, challenged, and reminded of God's sweet love in wonderful and practical, life-changing ways. It's good to slow down. Sally Lloyd-Jones helps this to happen for all who dare to come and listen. 
Someone else says, I look forward every week with anticipation to the next story about Christ's grace and love in the lives of each of Sally's guests. Each story is unique, but they all have the imprint of God and stir something in me that in turn draws me closer to the Lord. Isn't that just beautiful? To help us celebrate the big one zero zero, we're going to journey back to a few special moments from episodes with truly lovely guests who are just so warm and welcoming. Joining us now is the very first guest to appear on the Jesus Storybook Bible podcast, the iconic singer Amy Grant, who was just recently recognized with the Kennedy Center Honors Award. Amy's episode walks us through her outlook on living life with a loaves and fishes mentality that if we give God what we have, He can bless it and multiply it beyond our wildest imagination. Life is crazy and weird and a lot of things are not guaranteed but nothing has the capacity to separate us from the love of God we do ourselves sometimes (laughs) because we're (laughs) because we're an odd lot (laughs) I love the story of the boy that showed up when Jesus was teaching 5,000 people everybody starving and they're trying to figure out what is the big plan to feed all these people. What, what, what? And I just love the innocence and the lack of worry. I love the math of the kid that went to the front and said, I'll share my lunch. And that boy, I guess if he had really, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't make, it made no sense that the need was so great and his offering was so small. But he just trudged to the front and with childlike generosity said, here, take mine. And what the most exciting thing to me really has been most of my life, if I'll just say, hey, what if my effort here is my five loaves and two fish? That's how I felt when I was a teenager, you know, and I had the chance to sing and I was not the best singer in the room. And I kind of kind of freakishly got the offer, opportunity to make a record and I remember going to my youth group and saying, I'm not sure why me. And it was a really cool kind of hippie church. And the kids from the youth group gathered around and Nolan Huey, he prayed that day, God, Amy's voice, just let it be your five loaves and two fish. And you just take it and feed a lot of people. That's kind of my mindset when I walk into a situation and want to be a part of it is just to go, what do I already have? And I want to share it. And I want to share it in a way of believing that a little bit can go a super long way in God's hands. Wow, you guys, is she not an angel on earth? What good advice, what a good outlook to take into each of our days. Now we're going to hear from the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, Bishop Michael Curry, who has this beautiful message about leading with love in every area, although that won't always be easy. But he reminds us that it's a commitment we must make and that we can use Jesus as an example for the way we view and treat others. When you think about love, it's easy to get diverted and think about the 
easiest forms of love, which is to say something you see in a movie. And while those can be forms of love, and while Valentine's Day cards and flowers are a way of expressing love and reflect it, love biblically, in terms of the love of God, is actually bigger than that. Any form or shape of human love is a reflection of God's love. You know, the Bible says, you know, in First John chapter 4, beloved, let us love one another because love is of God and those who love are born of God and know God. Those who do not love do not know God. Why? Because God is love. So that God is the source of all love whether it's romantic love or between a couple or whether it's love for the human family, love for the creation, and ultimately love for God. I really do believe that if the Bible is right, as I believe it is, that God is love, then that means this world and every one of us have been created by the hand of God, by the hand of love. We were made by love, if you will, We were made for love, we were made to love, and we were made to be loved. And we as human beings, individually, as a society, and in all of our various collections, we are at our best when we live in love. There's a reason that it feels horrible when somebody doesn't love you and you know it. There's a reason for that. And there's a reason that it actually feels good when you know you're loved and cared for, love makes room and space for the other to be. Because that's what love does. It makes room and space for the other to be. St. Paul said, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not insist on its own ray. Love is not jealous. It is not rude. It is not boastful. It rejoices in the right. Love makes room and space for the other to be. And that's why God created the heavens and the earth, the trees and the sea, and you and me. And when we live in that love, by its laws and its rhythms and its ways, We are living in harmony with the creator, with God. And that's the most durable force in all of creation because it's the source of all creation. And the truth is, wherever and whenever love has been lived, life has been better wherever and whenever human beings have lived not simply for self but for others that's love when when somebody helps somebody across the street that's love when somebody does something that helps not just self that's love When people do good to care for the world and care for others, that's love. I have goosebumps right now. What a lovely sentiment. Love, it's just that simple. Care for others, take care of others, and you will experience real love. So beautiful. 
Our next guest has an absolutely heartbreaking story that will just blow you away. The forgiveness that Michelle Horde found when her ex-husband inexplicably murdered their daughter is something that seems, well, impossible. In that darkest hour of her life, Michelle was reminded of the story of Job and how God once brought hope to a man who had lost everything. Through that, Michelle grasped onto a shred of hope that God would redeem her broken story too. I pulled up to a crime scene where my family home was, and the first person I saw was my pastor, and he literally pulled me out of the car and confirmed the worst that my daughter had been murdered by my then-husband, who was then in custody. So as soon as the ride from the crime scene back to the rental home where I was living, as obviously shock and dread and just horror set in and people began to find out, the book of Job came to mind. I grew up in the church and was certainly familiar with the story of Job. And I looked up because this verse just spoke to my heart and spirit, and I truly believe it was God throwing me a lifeline. And it's the beginning of Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And it became a battle cry for me. And the only way I survived those early moments and hours and days of not just losing my daughter, but losing my daughter to violence, losing my daughter at the hands of her father, I held tight to that verse. I held tight to that verse and felt like for something of this magnitude to happen, there was something in it that I was supposed to do. I I, I never will believe God did this to my daughter. I believe there are evil forces in the universe. But what I know is that God can take what was made for evil and meant for evil and use it for good. Even talking about it now, almost five years later, you know, I I can feel the pain and the heaviness in my heart that will never go away. But what I saw early on as I began to write in my journal, really just for myself and my own healing, as I begin to pray more, as I begin to study the Bible and study Job, as I spoke at Gabrielle's funeral, that people were inspired. I had people tell me they hadn't prayed in years until they went to her service and heard me speak, that they were finding their way back to God. And so I saw early on that God was somehow creating these little miracles of light that I couldn't quite see at the time, but that were showing up for other people. And so I tried to stay focused on that. I think it's important for people of faith to have confidence in their faith. I think a lot of times when we hear stories, stories like mine, we think to ourselves, gosh, my faith isn't that strong. I couldn't do that. Do I trust in God that much? And I just want to reassure people, God is that strong. It's not about us. God will give you what you need when you need it. We all deal with different types of loss and grief. And so I want to say, as my trauma therapist has often said to me, to borrow my confidence that the God that I have trusted and that has helped me on my faith walk is strong and sovereign and can do the same for you in whatever you're facing.
How incredible is it that our God is a God who can redeem even the most broken hearts and heal them through the power of forgiveness. I am so grateful to Michelle for being vulnerable and sharing her story so that we too can experience forgiveness in our own lives. Next up, cook and show personality Artie Sequira walks us through her path to sharing her faith in a very public space to spread God's light into the world. I would wake up in the mornings and say, Lord, why did you wake me up today? Like, why do you keep waking me up if you don't have anything for me to do? Like, just take me home already if there isn't a purpose. But in retrospect, I think that time was about him solidifying my identity in Christ and to understand that, you know, on my passport or on my driver's license, it might say, you know, what my address was and where I lived, but neither of those things were my true citizenship or my true identity. My true identity was that I was his daughter that he had rescued and because he loved me so much. And so that was something that I really had to internalize. And while that was happening, I was cooking because it was a solace for me. It was a comfort for me. And that, you know, turned into me trying out for this cooking competition show on Food Network called Food Network Star. And when I won that, that gave me a whole new career. I had a cooking show. I wrote a cookbook. um, I judge now other people cooking on things like Guy's Grocery Games. and, And something in me, I think, out of a place of gratitude and out of a place of responsibility. And again, out of that same place of like, who am I? Who am I really? Isn't that what social media is all about? It's sort of telling people who you are and showing them your brand and all that stuff. But the thing that's most important to me is like, you know, my my obsession with God, I suppose, it it just overflows. It doesn't always, but a lot of times, you know, I'm looking at the whole world, whether it's food or politics, or my family, you know, or my husband, I'm looking at it all through the filter of Christ. That's what I always wanted was that my relationship with God would be so real that it would just leak out of me that I wouldn't even have to try, you know? And in a sweet way, I think God has accomplished that for me where I can't talk about hardly anything without talking about what God thinks about it, because that's what I'm thinking about constantly all day long. And so when I first won and I, you know, suddenly I had all these people on Facebook following me. I remember I had put up a video of a murmuration, you know, where birds fly in the sky in that particular pattern. And you can't watch that without being amazed and in awe. And I just wrote, isn't God wonderful? And there were a few people who did not like that I had said that. And they say, that's not why I follow you. And then there were a bunch of people who were like, well, yeah, isn't he? You know? (laughs) And it definitely scared me. And I thought, well, gosh, I've been given this gift and a way to provide for my family. Like maybe I shouldn't mess this up and maybe I should keep my mouth shut about God. And then another part of me was like, God gave this to me. And if he wants to take it away, he can, but no one else can take it away from me. It's ultimately up to God. So I've just kind of, kept it there where, you know, once a week I, I write a little piece on my Instagram profile that, you know, is something that I'm wrestling with, or I've discovered in the word. And it's been really sweet to see how many people appreciate it. 
I just love that. What a gift to have Artie's sunshiny personality breathing life into our world to places you may not always see it. Our next guest is the iconic original voice of the Little Mermaid, Jodie Benson. Jodie knows firsthand that God's timing is impeccable and he will put you right where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, giving you an opportunity to be salt and light wherever you go can be scary, you know, to go outside. But God doesn't call us to be comfortable. I mean, that's not really what he called us to do. You definitely have to step out. And I'm like, God, this is just, this is not me. And he's like, you know what? I can do extraordinary things through ordinary people who obey me. And if you can walk in obedience in something that's terribly uncomfortable, then let me take it from there. Because all the mistakes I made, made a ton of them, big ones too. But if I could help somebody maybe avoid some of that pain, you know, that's definitely worth it to me. And I, and I know that lines up with scripture too, because the, the tough things that we go through, God turns around and he takes that and we can comfort others with the same comfort that he gave us. That's when beauty comes from the ashes and it's worth it. You know, the pain, the suffering, the sadness, the tears of frustration, whatever it may be, all the mess is worth it. Because then you kind of go, you know what? I would walk through that journey again. As painful as that was, I would go through that again if that means I can turn around and offer a word of encouragement or comfort to somebody else who's right behind me. You know, as a believer, the the word is important every day, you know, for for our family. And that's, that's our life source <laughs> to get the day going and uh, to be able to be salt and light and be able to join him in his work, whatever the day may hold. Sometimes he's like, you know, you're not going to like this, but I'm calling you to do it and you're going to do it with a happy heart. And then we're going to go from there. Then we're going to move on. You know, God called me to do something out of my comfort zone. And I haven't done that in a really long time. And uh, it's very frightening, very, very frightening and very scary. But there is a sense of indescribable peace knowing that I did what he asked me to do, even though I didn't want to. Then I get to step back and let God do what he's going to do, whatever he's going to do. While it is hard to believe that we are already at our last little stop on this trip down memory lane, but we saved a very special person for last, pastor and theologian Tim Keller, who sadly passed away in May of this year. Tim was incredibly influential in the creation of the Jesus Storybook Bible, and in his interview with us, he shared some critical components to maintaining healthy relationships in our lives and building ones that will last. He believed passionately that humility and empathy are two forces that can absolutely restore the world. Forgiveness is when someone owes you a debt that instead of making them pay the debt back you absorb the debt and no one deserves that and yet we cannot live without it if you are a christian you know that your relationship with god is impossible unless 
God forgives you unless he makes sure that, that, that he doesn't make you repay our debt because our debt is way, far more than we could pay. And it's also true that if you do know you're forgiven by God, that then you turn to other people who owe you, who have wronged you, and you're able to forgive them. But do they deserve it? No, of course not. And you didn't deserve your forgiveness from God, and they don't deserve your forgiveness from you. But we do it because this is in a fallen world. That means in a world in which people are very, very, very broken. They're very flawed, where we're constantly wronging each other. We wouldn't be able to have marriages. We wouldn't be able to have friendships. We wouldn't be able to have human community of any kind if we didn't learn how to give undeserved forgiveness to one another. Such powerful and moving words from such a wonderful man. I am so grateful for his legacy. We all need community. And I love this reminder that a key component of having that community is finding humility deep within ourselves. Thank you for joining us for this very special 100th episode celebration. Sally will be back next week, but as we wrap up our time together, I'd like to read you a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible that means so much to both me and my family. God loved his children too much to let the story end there. Even though he knew he would suffer, God had a plan, a magnificent dream. One day he would get his children back. One day he would make the world their perfect home again. And one day he would wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see, no matter what, in spite of everything, God would love his children with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. I love that passage so much. It has been so precious to my family. And the refrain at the end has become really a song that we sing together. I ended up writing a melody to it. And anytime we get to this refrain in the Jesus Storybook Bible, me and my kids sing this song. Never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. What good news that that is the kind of love that God loves each of us with. Make sure you tune in each week so you don't miss a single episode. But before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. See you real soon. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible.